Okay. Okay, we're good. Three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to the Schooner Pod Peach Bowl Preview. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we got Ty Lee as usual. Ty, welcome onto the pod. Hello. <laughs> okay, Bob Stoops. <laughs> and, and also, as, uh, as is the case with the, these runs we've had uh, in uh, winter break, Jameson's back. So, Jameson, you know, it's, uh, it's always good having you back on. Back on. Yeah, you heard it. Bobby's got the runs. I, I get. <laughs> I apparently I'm now shitty at talking uh, at the beginning of the show too. Um, but anyways, we're going to finally talk and break down this LSU game in depth. Uh, talk about you know the ins and outs of you know OU and LSU as that's what a fucking preview is. Um, but anyway, <laughs> okay, Ford. <laughs> I guess. I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> tired. We usually don't record this late. Um, anyways, let's just get right off to the start that everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> I'm resetting this bitch. This is bad. No, I like it. Okay, okay, okay. okay. We're keeping it. golden content. All right, we're keeping it. We're going off. Oh, man. Uh, just like... The OU football team, we are off to a rocky start before uh, the Peach Bowl. Um, however, none of us have been suspended from uh, from the from the team for this game. So let's just talk about the suspensions, the elephant in the room. <laughs> none of us. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not confirmed yet by OU, but it's confirmed by everyone else in the you know freaking universe. Uh, three players out. Um, that's uh, <laughs> pretty devastating. Our guy, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, common um, troublemaker Trajan Bridges and the biggest one Ronnie Perkins leader in sacks so let's just get off to let's just get off to um, this conversation right away uh, how surprised are you that Trajan Bridges was involved in this tie uh, like on a scale of 1 to 10 yes what is the highest what's like a scale of one to ten, like the high at ten being like I can't believe he did that. One. Most surprised or like yeah, ten, ten being most surprised. Oh, um, a one point five with a uh, Ramondre Stevenson at a one. <laughs> <laughs> we all saw this coming. I mean, come on, this yeah. this this was the thing where it's like only three dudes are smoking weed on this team. Bullshit. Like you know how many more? Are there? These Those are just are the guys that got caught. Those are the only three dumbasses that thought, hey, I'm going to do it right before bowl season, because certainly they don't drug test for the playoffs. And OU's been in the playoffs so many times that you think they'd be like, hey, for real, we got to stop now, like, take a break. Because the biggest thing is this is an NCAA drug test. Um, there was a really a big kind of drug sweep with uh, Utah State. Jordan Love got hit with it, um, but they didn't uh, suspend him because it's not a championship game. Uh so it's really the NCAA that makes this as bad as it is. But man, how stupid do you gotta be? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And you think about it, this is through the NCAA. This is an absolute serious deal. The rule on the NCAA, if it's for marijuana, is one half of the year. If it's for PEDs, but we per, we presume this is marijuana. PEDs would be a year. Marijuana would be a half a year. So this is just not for these this game. This is the next half of the season, which is a big deal when it comes down to Trajan Bridges, who thought he was going to be a, a pretty big part of this offense next year with the opening with C.D. Lamb leaving, and then he, Ronnie Perkins, too. Yeah, with Bridges at this point, from 
and not to you know dive too big into stuff, but out of the 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 three that so the other two that he came with, he's kind of been the one that struggled to fit in um, or have a set. You know, like we've seen everybody else uh, really getting some solid play. The only memorable stuff I have from him is uh, him just going out there and, and getting personal uh, fouls um, when he played on defense. So if he's out for half a season, um, I could see some younger people or some other people stepping up, and I could see him being a, a transfer. Well, I, I think it also really needs to be noted that it's half a year, so six like actual the, time yeah. months. So, yeah, but I think that... Oh, is it? Yeah, it's it, for, yeah, for marijuana, it's only... For marijuana, it's only, I believe, six human months. Because human months. Human months, not football <laughs> months. I don't know. But I know, like... So he's not even going to miss any time, then? Uh, supposedly, yeah. Um, Besides the bowl game yeah. that he probably wouldn't have played. The bowl game and anyways. the national championship we're probably not making it to. Um, because of him. Because of, no. it's all it's all Bridges' <laughs> fault. But just a common uh, joyous occasion of us is let's make fun of Trajan Bridges. Uh, for out there going out there and misbehaving, but you know, really, he he hasn't been that bad. He's clearly the la- the lower just, of the three. That it had seems an issue. like he's struggled to find a role. Or to- he, he, he was decent for a freshman receiver, you know. Uh, definitely not not as good as Hazelwood was, or um, or I mean, I mean, Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss was Theo incredible. Weiss. Yeah, that that touchdown against Baylor is one of my favorite plays this season, but. You know, I don't think we can be too hard on him. Ramondre is just that that sucks, but Perkins is actually like devastating, devastating. to this defense. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. devastating. Ramondre was like, eh, we knew it. Yeah, I'll I'll give it to Trajan. He had whenever you got put in the slot, I think first Iowa State, I'm not sure about that, but it was a home game. He had a good play where he went up and got it. And it's not really fair to compare him saying, Oh, he's not doing that well because he's not doing as good as two other five stars. You know, yeah. I mean so like it's a, it seems like he's I'm not saying that. I know he's a tremendous player. It just it seems like he is struggling finding a role or where he fits, and I don't think that that's going to get better. Yeah, but as time goes on. But I mean, the biggest thing like you knocked him for was attempting to play defense, which is kind of a silly idea in the first place. No, that wasn't. I wasn't knocking him for that, but I was. You know, the the thought that he was the one that we could throw over there maybe is yeah yeah is yeah. telling. I, I take that as a compliment, honestly, on how he is as a player, that he would even be considered on that. But the thing is that him, Weiss, and um, Jaden all thought that they were outside wide receivers and none of them would want to play this slot. And that made it where we'd had to play a guy like Basquin. And Basquin, honestly, throughout the beginning of the year, looked like it was an absolute handicap. But as the year has gone on, I've been impressed with Basquin. Basquin had a nice turnaround back shoulder catch in that Baylor game. He's starting to look like a reliable guy. Now, he isn't a big-time playmaker. He's not going to wow you, but he's solid in the slot. Yeah, he's got that kind of senior, I've been here for six years grit to him. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. For the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the whole, I mean, these suspensions are big. And so the rule on it, so straight from NCAA's website, um, it's saying the penalty for a positive t- test for a substance in the cannabinoid class is withholding from competition for 50% of the season in all sports in which the student athlete participates. Oh, oh damn! Yeah, that's, that's not, not six, six human ones. Okay, probably. yeah, no, I had, I heard, I'd heard that on the radio. I feel like an idiot now. Mm. Who said that, Barry Trammell? Uh, it was actually on the franchise. <laughs> so, ah, oh, ooh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, that, I'm just, I don't know how to interpret the 50% of the season thing in all sports in which the student athlete participates. I don't know if that carries over to the next season. So that, I assume the way, so. The way, the way that reads to me, Jameson, is say like a, a Kyler Murray situation where he plays football and baseball. That reads to me as he loses 50% of both baseball and football. Yeah. And of each, is, it was the wording, correct? Yeah, and yeah, so he's, I, he's out for half the season. And I mean, here's the silver lining to it. All three of those guys have red shirts available. So I'm, we're not going to use it for a guy like Ronnie Perkins because it would be absolutely pivotal to have him for, what, the last six, seven games of the season next year. But a guy yeah. like Trajan Bridges, we can consider redshirting it. And there is rumors that there is non-released other suspensions on this team. That's true. Uh, That's true. I've, I've the The longer this goes on, uh, and we don't hear about it, the less I believe maybe that, but but who knows? There were a lot more names that were thrown out. Yeah, we're waiting right now for the appeals process, but there has never been, I cannot tell you a time through the history that an appeal has worked through the NCAA. The NCAA does not give a crap about appeals and actually being fair. You know, yeah, they just no, lay down they, the law. It's, and it, it's, I think, I mean, you can get mad at the NCAA all you want. I mean, that totally... Completely out of pocket for uh, marijuana. I think that's. I think obviously times are changing. Six months is way too much. Uh, it should be regulated the same way you would do an alcohol offense. Um, and honestly, just is that so? It, this is just an interesting side note. Is that for NCAA, NCAA athletes as a whole? So, like, even in recreational states, they you mm-hmm. can't. Yes. Do it? yes. Yes. Yep. Why? Well, here's the deal. I, I think that certain sports are tested more frequently than others. I feel like you rarely ever hear of an NCAA drug test being in, like put on by, into a player. And I think it's completely false random, you know? And it seems like it always comes up around bowl season, around championship, like when Clemson last year got the PEDs and Dexter that Lawrence. Was P- P- I have a different stance on PEDs. Yeah, but I mean, the, the university itself test for these things but it's obvious like a wink wink get your stuff together before the drug test ncaa gives you like what 24 hours before notice yeah they come in well you know when you were going to the playoffs you know Mm -hmm, true yeah like these guys should have known you know obviously who knows um when the last time they did it was but these guys should have known you know it at the baylor game if not well before that we're going to a bowl game that's gonna have a test yeah, definitely. Um, I got to. But is it's sorry, Bobby? No, go for um, it. Is it just weird to y'all that how common it is that younger individuals smoke marijuana, and how we're the only team right now in the playoffs out of the four teams that is getting dinged for it? Like, you cannot tell me that out of Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson, there's not a guy on that team that smokes marijuana, or that. So that means do they have a better faking system, or are they? There, you can't that. It's absolutely I mean, no, ridiculous. There's, there's absolutely ways to get around it. And honestly, I think that, you know, who knows? I, I don't want to dive too deep into conspiracy theories, but I would imagine that there's a conversation that occurs in the locker room like, hey, wink, wink, we're going to get tested. If you guys maybe are concerned about this, let's go talk to, you know, doctor, whoever over here. And our dudes are just idiots and didn't step forward or they're just idiots and didn't, you know, prepare for it. I, that's what I think. Because I don't, like, 
it's like you're saying like these these are not the only three guys in you know the several hundred players that are going to the playoff that have done this yeah no it's definitely one of those it's just a failure to actually dodge the drug test more than anything um but i I gotta say if, if you had a power rankings of all of these it it's not as bad as stealing a coat on bowl week when you're at the bowl <laughs> location, but this is this is up there. This is up there with uh, with dumb ones. If you had a Mount Rushmore of kind of dumb suspensions, I would have to say the Demarcus Granger uh, uh, coat theft uh, is probably is probably up there. You also have to have Travon Boykin punching a uh, bicycle cop up there at Pat, at Pat <laughs> O'Brien's. That's a bad one. Uh, did um, uh, did uh, what's his name get suspended for the crab legs thing or no? Did Jameis ever? Jameis Winston. That it's a, getting getting caught by a grocery store security officer <laughs> at like, Publix. <laughs> yeah, Jameis Winston. He, it makes so much sense that he is going to be a 30 and 30 guy because he just has, he just has the dumbest mistakes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's very well, he's not smart. Very well documented, not smart person. (laughs) Um, He's, uh, you gotta, you gotta put, it's a big throw. Well, are we only doing postseason suspensions? Well, we can do all, we can do just all of them. You remember when, uh. This is, like, one of the most on-brand ones. That's why it's one of my favorites. But, uh, like, ten years ago, I think, uh, LeGarrette, Bol- LeGarrette Blunt punched a guy. Dude, that was... He was had it coming for him. Yeah, that Boise State yeah, guy but definitely I just, coming. That's what I'm saying, is it's, it's on-brand for LeGarrette Blunt. That's why it's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's that's a... That's a that's a great clip right there. Yeah. See that it was so funny the reaction of that afterwards. Usually, think like how dare this guy was just out of control and he punched a guy like that's unacceptable. No, the 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 conversation afterwards was like holy shit, like Eric Plunge just punched a dude like and everyone was laughing about it like it was like it was some kind of joke. Well, it was it was funny because that Boise State guy had one of the biggest just shit eating grins of all time before he got punched, and it's. It, it, there should be a law that if someone's face looks that like douchebag, douchebaggy, then if you if you get punched, then we just call it good. Like that's 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 a solid. I think I think he was in his rights there. That guy was uh, definitely doing something. Wrong. I think on the other um, talking about coats, didn't Ed Oliver get suspended for Houston his last year because he got mad that he couldn't wear a coat on the sideline? I, I don't think he got. Sus- he might have gotten suspended because he got mad at Major Applewhite for not letting him wear a coat. Oh, because said coats are for players that are playing. Oh, jeez, man, Houston, Houston, what what are you doing? What does I mean? Just just ever since Tom Herman, weirdly enough, ever since Tom Herman left, that place has just been a disaster. Oh, that's actually really sad. Is somehow Tom Herman like made like left the place and it became way more unstable. It's like it's like Jimbo Fisher in Florida State and A and M. Yeah, it's like based on your impact on the place you left, you're amazing. But based on your performance at where you're at currently, you're garbage. Huh? Yeah, no, I'd say I. That's I think that's there's a correlation. I don't. I I mean I don't see any any reason not to dispute that. <laughs> Says more about the program itself. Agreed. You know, top to bottom. You know, type of players you bring in, that sort of thing. But are we do. 
Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, super easy to use, super intuitive, uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away, no minimum listener- listenership, start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. In a preview? Or are we- yeah, we've just been kind of bullshitting. <laughs> Let's talk about OULSU here. I'll <laughs> um, probably cut some of that. Just kidding, I probably won't. <laughs> so if you're still here, thank you so much for continuing to listen. So let's go down to the nitty-gritty, talk some OULSU here. Um, right off the bat, OU is uh, first time this season OU's not favored, and boy are they not uh, favored at all. Um, LSU is favored by 14, one of the largest spreads in a while for the Sooners. Um, and honestly, it, it's hard. To, it's hard to disagree with them. Given how this OU team performs, but I gotta say, I think this OU team has a weird outside shot at possibly trying to win this thing. Gunner. I, I'm saying outside. I'm not saying it's possible. I, I think there's a path to getting there. Oh, yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. I, I, I think the odds are probably like, they probably have a 25% chance of winning this. I th- that's good mm-hmm. enough for Bobby to still pick him in his bull pick him. I know he did. I, hey, th- I have him at 1% confidence. <laughs> yep, yep, Just yep. Me, I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it. There's, it's just a given. Bobby, every single time, has got to pick OU on the bull pick Oh, wait, why is, wait, why is Turner yellow? Oh, he God, fractured yeah. He fractured his clavicle, yeah. Yeah, that, that was awful. Yeah, that, that he wasn't stupid there. That was just unfortunate. What a, no, he's... What a bitch. <laughs> the easiest bone you to break play. in the body. Yeah, you can play. It's a six to eight week recovery, so it's not like something we have to worry about for the coming season. But this dude, even though he's not the best in our defense, he might be the most impactful and most important for us because that safety position is thin. We're probably going to move Broyles over Who's from the nickelback. Yeah, Broyles, I guess, because I don't trust Chance Sylvie out there. I haven't seen his ass out there in a long time. We have nobody. Our... The, all of the guys that left early in the season through the transfer portal in our DB makes it where we're really thin. And if we really, we could try to depend on a true freshman in Cradell or Woody Washington, but I think it's going to be Broyles out there and it could be a little ugly. Turner Yell yeah, is really screwed, important. Yeah. yeah. What's up? Uh, who's the. Could Benito move? No, too big. Back. Yeah, Benito, mm-hmm. Benito's way too big. But yeah, no. Uh, is he the one I'm thinking of? The one that has most. Benito's the. He's the rush end. He. I mean, he just goes out in the flat to guard. That's entirely what I'm basing this off of. Yeah, we're yeah. so screwed defensively. Yeah, he does, he just, he's he's good at falling back and you know into coverage, but that's he's, about he's as good a as, sneaky. That's about as good as he gets there. Um, I'll say this about Turner Yell. We were pretty high on him across the pod. Got a lot of. Uh, either game ball or game ball mentions a lot of mentions i feel like because he you know really was big stats always yeah, yeah always a lot of you know a lot of good tackles always over the field so that that sucks big time um because like you said it is very thin on i mean it was it was a thin secondary to start the season you know losing uh, losing trey norwood and everything so 
it's I mean it's we're it is it was an uphill battle before the injuries and suspensions. Now it's a just it, it's it's even worse. But I don't know. Yeah, and to hop on this. I don't know. I feel like before every single game this season, there's been some kind of gooner rumor that's gone around the sphere. And some of them have been true, like the C.D. Lamb being out, and some of them just been completely false, like Kennedy Brooks stuff. But there is a rumor that, that Buki is still in concussion protocol. Yeah. So I don't know how legitimate that is, and he's got some time to clear it. It's not like it's something that's nagging him right now. As long as he passes the test, he's good. But... If we are out Turner Yell and Buki in the secondary, it's I the Heisman see the, winning quarterback. Yeah, I, I mean Broyles is not that good of a replacement, but he is the backup to both of those positions. I honestly don't know. I we would have to put in Jeremiah Crudell. Which you don't want to put in you don't want to put in you know someone that young in a position like that at all. Like that's No. Woof. Especially a guy who's not even played a lick this season yeah that's uh, just... game game management clock management is going to be huge for OU and that's that's so huge that uh Stevenson is out <clears throat> yeah it really because I don't know if I don't know if we can just hurt some Brooks it the whole time well that's it's a big time for Pledger um Pledger is a highly recruited guy and a lot of people were very confident in him and he's just he had he broke his hand I think earlier in the year that kind of set him back he came back with the club and then kind of was favoring it um throughout the year but he's healthy now and this guy could he I thought he could be going to the transfer portal at the end of this year um but this could be a game where he could show out make some plays and get some confidence moving forward I mean we're not screwed at the backup running back position yeah we've had a lot of guys like you know, like Pledger, like um, uh, the kid out of uh, uh, John Marshall. I'm blinking on his Marcus, name. Millwood, Marcus Major. Yeah, Marcus Ma- Millwood, my bad. Uh, Marcus Major. Um, he's out He's out for the season, though. That's right. I was just, dang it, good point. That's what, I was wondering why I hadn't heard of him in a while. Um, well, shit. Um, Jeremiah Hall is our third string running back. Yeah, and we've seen a lot of Hall uh, really as, a, you know, as the, uh, that kind of H-back position here and there. Um, but he can still he can still kind of get out there in the flat, be a solid receiver. We haven't seen a lot of him, uh, you know, running the ball straight up. But he could be, you know, if you really want a Ramondre kind of um, substitute, I think Jeremiah Hall might be it. I don't know if he's going to get really any carries. Um, I can't tell you the last time we've given three running backs carries with this Jalen Hurts led offense. If Pledger is an absolute stinker, yeah. I could see Hall getting some carries, but I, I'm confident that, I mean, Pledger will get, what, four or five carries, and if he starts doing well in those, he'll get a little bit more. I mean, it's not a big hole that we have to fill. Stevenson was very impactful, but it was in very low volumes. Yeah, and um, really, we hadn't seen him play a lot until Sermon got hurt, uh, and then we'd see him in garbage time where he would just tear it up, which was always awesome. No, he, he played really well, you know, as a a primary in the the back half of the season. Mm-hmm, definitely, he get he go in and get like seven carries, five carries, eight carries, somewhere around there. He, he because of his size and the way he was used, um, he played almost more like a a fullback. But, but yeah, mm, that double running back, like set. fullback style carries. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, but I I think really like like we mentioned, you know, the pace, you know, try to possess the ball, really army this thing up, and you know. 
you know, we, we, OU has shown the ability to go on these long drives. We, I, I feel like I've noted before, uh, that one drive in the third quarter against Oklahoma State this year took off some like nine minutes, uh, 90 yards. You know, one of the drives like that are going to be what gets the job done. You know, get that defense, you know, keep them, keep them fresh, uh, keep them on the sidelines. But, um, in general, it's about, it's about that. And I think it's about winning the turnover battle. Yeah, OU wants to win this game twenty-four to twenty-one, something like that. You know, yeah. just control the pace. And if we can win that turnover battle, I said that in the last pod. I think saying that was the key to this victory. Now with these injuries and these suspensions, I think we need something to the. We need to be plus two in the turnovers, or we need some kind of big special teams play. Um, it's something of that sort to get the momentum in our favor because we are working from behind. Yeah, it'd be nice to get some nice beamer ball action going. That has been a long time since we've seen some Beamer ball. It's been since that Stogner block punt since we've seen something. Yep, yep, yep. I'd like to see a lot of Stogner in this game, too. I've, I really have been impressed with him this season. Um, man, and, and you know, when you really think about this team, what they've had to kind of overcome in terms of injuries, replacing guys, it's kind of remarkable that we're even here. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to sound like Yeah, that's, that's what I keep saying. It's, I mean, it's a rebuilding year. I mean, we... From from this year to last year, the guys who are going to, on offense who are going to be playing, who you know also played in the Orange Bowl, well, other than Jalen Hurts on the other team, um, it would be C.D. Lamb, Creed Humphrey, Charleston Rambo, uh, and I guess Brooks. You know, try to think on offense. I don't really. I mean, it's 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 a different team, and it's a rebuilding team, um, but. You know, I again, I, I think it's much better to be in this position and to be, you know, to just have a shot, you know, just to be in the ring, you know, than go to, you know, go to New Orleans, beat Georgia or something, you know, like that. What does that matter at the end of the day? Nothing. Participation trophy. Exactly. It doesn't matter. You get you get like a little bit of a hollow victory and then you walk home and your your season's over. Like, what does it matter at the end of the day? So I'm, I'd much rather have this chance and potentially get stomped than, than not. So um, I will say this. OU has not lost by more than 14 since 2016 Ohio State. So they keep games close. Uh, just they keep games even even when they're outmatched. They always keep them in kind of in, in puncher's we distance. Don't keep, we don't keep them close. We just have good bursts at the end. That's true. That That's Alabama really game. Thing. Yeah. We just have good bursts at the end. Same with Kansas State. We could have lost to them by 14. Yeah. I, I That K-State game was such a missed opportunity. And, you know, really looking back, I mean, just so many. Does it even matter? It does, it, it, was it, it a good it, thing for us? We still would have been the fourth seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I mean, maybe mm-hmm. it was a good thing. It, 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 I don't know. We probably wouldn't have been four and we've been undefeated. I, I don't see us hopping Clemson. Well, we would have had a better strength of schedule and better record. But we would have had a shaky last-second win off an onside kick to Casey. Yeah, but if we're talking about... Uh, okay, I thought you guys were talking just totally I mean, if we would have blown them out, I mean, yeah, it would be different. But, I mean, then we'd still have the games like the Iowa State game that was kind of nasty, and then they'd find a way to use the Baylor thing against us. Uh, I don't know. It'd be a good argument. But all in all, it probably is good that we lost. Um, it's always good to have some kind of a wake up because we were in a kind of we were in a spell where it looks like we we're kind of running in place there. Yeah, OU does their best. OU does their best work when they kind of 
get shocked and have to kind of turn it around. Um, they've kind of done done that a little bit, you know. I don't know. I, I think defensively we we've, we've looked a lot we look a lot better towards the end here. Um, yeah, after that Baylor twenty eight to three, that was kind of our big turnaround shock moment. Yeah, not as much the K State. K State was kind of part one. Yeah, yeah. Baylor was Baylor like, was like this might be who we are. We need to wake the hell up, which you know they they did, which is thank thank God because. Another playoff appearance, always great. Let's talk about LSU. Um, obviously, offensively, this is a absolute juggernaut of a team. Um, I mean, the system that Joe Brady has uh, put in here has been remarkable. Uh, Joe Burrows looked incredible throwing the ball. Um, I will say, I, I don't think it matters, but they really do have a uh, kind of a weakness at the He's he's definitely out. Yeah, he's out. But I don't know. I, I think this this is a very one dimensional LSU team. Unfortunately, that one dimension they're really good at is the one thing we're the worst at defending. Yes, uh, they've got an absolute dynamic duo at wide receiver: Jamar Chase, the Belindikoff winner, and Justin Jefferson. Both guys over a thousand yards easily: twelve hundred seven and fourteen ninety eight. 18 touchdowns and 14 touchdowns. And then plus they got another guy in Terrence Marshall who's also got 10 touchdowns. This is going to be tough, especially for a weak and thin secondary. That's why it is so key for us to keep the pace of the game because these wide receivers are going to get our secondary gassed and gassed quickly. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. And, you know, Jamar Chase is a remarkable player. A lot of, you know, they're, they're, they're very big at the home run ball. You know, and that's... Obviously not great. So really getting to Joe Burrow uh, early and often. Uh, OSU or OSU LSU's offensive line has allowed a ton of sacks this year. Um, I believe twenty, something like twenty nine so far. Despite that, they won the Joe Moore, which is insane. Um, but you know that I think I think that it would obviously it'd be a lot easier if we had you know our best sack man in there. But um, got to make do, and I think. It's it's a real big game for Gallimore, real big game for Falmatu to really kind of you know step up in uh, Perkins' absence. Uh, obviously, I think uh, on defense for OU, um, you really you really got to look at your your linebacker core as well. Uh, Kenneth Murray has a big chance to shine here, potentially you know boost up some NFL stock, but it's it's going to be tough. And I think just. Hitting them with the kitchen sink early, often get physical, win the physicality battle early, setting that tone is so key. Yeah, Kenneth Murray can win this game for us. I mean, I feel like we're going to be using him more aggressively than we have in the past. Joe Burrow can run, but he's not a runner like a Brewer where we had Kenneth Murray in a spy. I could see us just giving it an all-out Kenneth Murray rush on the majority of our plays because we do not trust our secondary. And that's where you said he can up his draft stock. I can see him doing that because that's where he is at his strongest. Yeah, I'm all for employing the uh, Leroy Jenkins defensive strategy here and just <laughs> charging in there. Yeah, I mean, we got to do something. We we can't, uh, you know, sit and do our normal things or what we've been doing. So... Uh, we got to do something pretty drastic. So, yeah, and especially we can blitz more 
now that we know that their running backs aren't as strong. They've got Tyrion Davis and John Emery, both young freshmen. Tyrion Davis being a guy that we recruited pretty hard, we've respected very much, and John Emery being a five-star guy. Uh, I mean, they're talented, and they can do really well. Like Tyrion Davis has six touchdowns, Emery has three. It's not like they haven't done anything the whole season. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he was was a beast. He was the best running back in the SEC. Yeah. I mean, after... I, just looking at the SEC championship game, obviously it's a microcosm. Um, but after after uh, Edward Typhonate, last name, whatever his name, uh, <laughs> after him, it, Burrow was the second leading rusher, and then you had Curry and Prince uh, for, with you know twenty six and ten yards. So it really is one of those. It, it really is one of those backfields that is super green. I mean. It's, I it, they're going to be good anyways. It, it's we're not we're not worried about the running yeah, back when we're going against LSU. It's not gonna. It's, it's not, not going to do anything. It's it does help. It does help that we don't have to, like you said, the spy. Um, but I I feel like an interesting point that a lot of people have debated about this season has been um, LSU's defense. Is it good? Is it not? And I think it's a lot better than the numbers have suggested. Yeah, whenever you run a spread offense like you've seen in the Big 12 in the past years and with LSU this year, it's so hard for a defense to perform at a high capacity on paper. This OU defense is doing better this year in part due to the fact that we're running the ball more and Jalen Hurts is milking the clock more. We're not having as many yards against us. Whenever we're getting these big plays from Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, that turns over very quickly to the defense, I mean to the, to the next offense. Um to get more points, and that's what happened a lot with Joe Burrow here. There's no coincidence that the defenses of the past three Heisman Trophy quarterbacks have been slided a little bit, and they got good players. Like everyone was talking about Grant Delpit as a guy before his stocks dropped a little bit, but Jacob Phillips, Phillips, a guy that we recruited really hard out of Tennessee, um, he's their leading tackler and. Probably the best cornerback and the best D-back in the nation, true freshman Derek Stingley, he's got six interceptions this year, is in like top 10 Heisman odds for next year. Like this kid is absolutely special. Yeah, Stingley is insane. Ty, you got any takes on the LSU defense? No, I don't uh, I, I don't uh, really have it. I, I agree with the first thing uh, that you guys said where the the numbers don't tell the, the true story when you have – in offense that can score as quickly and as frequently as, as LSU does. Uh, like you guys have said, we've seen that with OU in the past years. So I, I also don't fully buy into this. Um, you know, LSU has a garbage defense storyline. I, <clears throat> I mean, I personally think that LSU is going to win the national championship this year. So I think that, I think they're, um, the most complete team. I, I'm not buying the Ohio State storylines. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's my uh, that's my LSU defensive take, I guess. Yeah, I see. I I, I think they're solid. They have a lot of great <laughs> personnel. Um, but they're, they're. I mean, they're 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 a little flawed. Uh, they're not. I, I mean, yeah. They're uh, they're. I'm not saying they're perfect or they're a juggernaut. I just don't think that. You know, the, the storylines are the storylines, and, and people have been hitting pretty heavily on them, you know, not being a great defense or that being a weak point, but I, I don't know 
just how factual that yeah, is. Yeah, but I mean, 37 points to Old Miss. A lot of rushing yards to that quarterback. Um, you know, I mean, just 38 to Vandy. I mean, it's it's one of those where they've been burnt by some pretty subpar teams. Um, obviously, that uh, in a lot of those cases, actually, it's due to a running quarterback, which I think helps with our situation with Jalen. You know, uh, hopefully, yeah. ho- hopefully, hopefully, Jalen can really exploit a lot of things in there. Um, but again, it comes down to his decision making and really not getting. Uh, I mean, just some of the reads he makes are boneheaded, and just kind of keeping the offense simple, and I don't know, avoid avoiding. I mean, I you hear stuff about Stingley, and you just think this guy is going to kill Jalen if you know if if he he and you know CD are you know matched up, which they will be probably. Um, but you, it's going to be like a Julio versus Jalen Ramsey type of thing. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, here's the deal when when it comes down to everything with Jalen Hurts' decision making. If the Sooner fans want some optimism going into this, I know it's really hard to find some optimism. Talk about experience and big games. Jalen Hurts has been there. He has been to the playoffs yeah, yeah. every single time. Lincoln Riley has been there almost every single year he's been coaching. We've gone to the playoffs. Ed Orgeron has not. Joe Burrow has not. This LSU team has absolutely not. We're, we've been there. We've done Burrow that. Burrow has. Well, I'm, well, he didn't oh, play. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah fair. Yeah. Fair. Hey, fair okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can. I technically have state championship experience. You know. <laughs> so. I too have many humble brags. <laughs> All right, Bobby. We get it. What is your yardage on the year? Negative two. Hey, hey. hey, hey. <laughs> I got. I got one tackle and was on ESPNU um, against Bethany. I got a close up. It was fantastic. Um. And the yardage thing was not my fault. Shout out Jamal James for pulling on a hat on a fullback dive. If you know, you know. Um, but anyways, I mean, I, I agree. I think the pedigree's there. I just, I, I feel like we've heard a lot of the, his performance in big games, and yet he still he still has made just dumb mistakes. And I, I think it's less about his, I think it's less about his decision making and more about his poise. He hasn't broken like once like he's made some boneheaded idiotic plays on the 30 goes back out there you know leads us back we don't win that baylor game if we have someone who doesn't who you know freaks out after fumbling on the one and that that was one of the biggest things he did is come back and you know continue the comeback I just that's repetitive, but you get the point. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. I, I think I think doubting Jalen Hurts is you know it's it, it's one of those things where he this game might be ugly, but he could find a way to win this thing. Um, I mean, this is this is a team he's familiar with, a situation he's familiar with, and I gotta say this too. I think we have the coaching advantage, uh, at least at the head coach level. I don't know. absolutely. I think Co- Coach O is a phenomenal like. He's a, he's a, yeah, no, he's a great person. He's a great recruiter. He's, he's just, he's just a big Cajun cheerleader, really, who handles a lot of fantastic coaches in his building. And, you know, that's fantastic. That's a good, that, that, that works in college football. But I think we just have a different level of coaching with Lincoln, um, on the offensive end and, 
Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we see what we can do with the time off. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think Ed is a very good coach, but I really give Joe Brady a lot of the credit for what he ins- put into this new system into LSU. He definitely has the pieces around him, but he has brought something to the SEC that they have never seen in a very long time. So give give a lot of credit to him and a guy that should not be the passing game coordinator on LSU for a long time. Um, he will definitely be getting a job. But yeah, I really wish the best for Jalen. And he has been making all these post-game talks and press conference saying, I got to get better, we got to get better, we got something bigger, though. we got something to horizon. Well, they, now it's here. So all of those excuses, all of those, oh, we got to get better kind of thing, you can't say that anymore. So now it's time to actually show up, be the big man that you are, and actually say what you're, do what you're going to say. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do feel like these playoff games have a different level of performance that you have to, I, you, you know how whenever you walk into a game and you just get a different vibe in the air, like... I think the playoffs are different than an SEC championship. I think they're different than a Big 12 championship. Obviously, national championship, clearly a bigger deal. But these ch- it it means a little bit more when it's do or die, when there's not a next game. Whenever that's a situation where it's like win or go home, the stakes change completely. And LSU hasn't, like you said, <coughs> LSU ain't been, hadn't been there yet. They've been- yeah, and the, the whole fanfare... Um, you know, playing, you know, away and stuff like that. That that can factor in as well because you know that a lot of the young players can get caught up in that stuff and and lose focus as well. So experience does matter. We have breaking news, guys. Breaking news. Uh, Brendan Radley Hiles tweets: The marathon continues. What do y'all think that means? You seeing concussion protocol? Um, either that or he's just really big into Nipsey Hustle. Or he's going to come out of the tunnel playoffs. The big game. Oh, that also. He's going to have a sledgehammer in his hand. What do y'all think? Coming out. Bringing the hammer back. (laughs) Yes. Didn't they they say they got rid of that because people were fighting about it in the locker room? (laughs) It brought nothing but good. It was was the epitome of the worst passing defense in the league. And you come out (laughs) with a damn sledgehammer. Oh, my goodness. Have we earned the hammer back? (laughs) What is there to earn? I don't know. I... Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that would be. Um, I, I think at that point, I just, I just leave the game. You know, just be like, it's okay. We're, it's not even worth watching. But um, yeah, I would turn if if he comes out of the tunnel suited up with a sledgehammer. I'm turning the game off. I'm not even joking. I'm not going to watch a single second of it because I know it's going to be bad. <laughs> They're going to award Joe Burrow second Heisman. For his performance, oh, if we man. come out with the sledgehammer. Maybe his tweet means that he intends to play well in the game. That could be that could be pretty groundbreaking. That he's like, "Hey, I'm going to be good." No, because it's he said continues. Continues. Okay. Well, he's been good this the, the last half of this year. I feel like. 
Yeah, he's been very good about reading the plays beforehand. His problem is finishing the plays. He's whiffing on a whole lot of tackles. He's just going in with his shoulder. But he's definitely a guy that has a good head on his shoulder, and that's what we knew, and that's what made him a five-star athlete. Whenever he was out of the game um, in the Big 12 Championship with a concussion, he was on the sideline. The camera pointed to him. He was still looking at his armband, calling the plays, yelling it out to the people. Like, he is a great guy with a great head and a munchkin's body. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. It's, which is why he came to OU, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because really it's it's about form, and I think the thing is I don't know if he ever really adapted from hitting high schoolers to hitting way larger people um, because you really you do have to change your form and you do have to adjust the way you play when you kind of move up a level. Um, and there, there's plenty of NFL players his size is the thing in the secondary, and they just learn. You just go for their legs. I don't, I, I don't know enough about football and the absolute tackling that they're supposed to do. But going in with the shoulder, I that size and weight I know is not efficient. Yeah, not at all, not at all. I mean, it was. I, I'm not going to say it. I was about to compare my my middle school to high school stripe. Here he goes. But I'm not. So I'm, I'm, hey, Bobby is the Skip Bayless of podcast, where he talks big game and, he, and everything. But you look up Skip Bayless's stats, and he averaged like 1.6 points per game in high school. Bro, check out my huddle. Check, it, check out my huddle. It's still on there somewhere. Links in the bio. <laughs> my links in the bio. Oh man. Uh, well, uh, do we have anything to say about? LSU special teams do we care about that at all or I know Burkich is gonna kill it Burkich is awesome oh man I really hope um see I feel like the special teams has been big for the past couple of playoff games especially um in the Georgia game with the weird what was his name the one with the guy with the glasses Rod- on Rodrigo Blankenship yes yeah see that was that was big so um Hopefully, if not the same, I haven't heard anything really about LSU's um, special teams. Dear, but. dear God, if Lincoln tries to squib kick, I will lose it. Wait. What? Hold up. Mark Andrews is the first OU football player to have 10 touchdown receptions in a season since 1996. Uh-oh. Like, well, book player or tight end? Tight end. I'm thinking the, about the it. The tweet I'm looking at just says play. Oh, well, think about it. All of the good OU wide receivers and tight ends have not really materialized in the NFL So since that time. Since 96? Well, so think about Malcolm Kelly, Joaquin Iglesias, uh, Ryan Broyles, Mark Clayton. Mark Clayton. Those guys did not make Tins really not much even in the that NFL. Much. Like, Mark Clayton had a run. DeMarco Murray or... Uh, well, that's, that's, that's Peterson running. should have 10. Yeah, no, yeah, they should receiving. have 10 receptions. Murray, I know they have more than 10. Murray was never... But there's no way that, that Murray doesn't have a season or Peterson doesn't have a season where they had 10 touchdown catches. Yeah, because they don't catch the ball enough. They're not They're not, That's not really style. kind of all-purpose backs. 10 in a season's not even that... That's crazy. That's only six games where you didn't get one. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's not... Uh, that, yeah. it, the, the NFL is, like, different level right there. It's easier to... Oh, man. That's that's crazy. Anyways, has nothing to do with this game. No, no. I wish we had a Mark Andrews here. That'd be great. What 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 a, what a great run of tight end. We're good we've at had. tight end. Yeah, uh, great at tight end. Jalen just factory. isn't. 
Yeah, Jalen's not a tight end kind of quarterback. That's just what it is. And we had Lee Morris had one game that saved us and where he did well. But other than that, Jalen does not eye the tight end that much. And we are very blessed to have CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, CeeDee Lamb really, um, I mean, he covers for us way, way too much. But yeah, scenario for y'all, if CeeDee Lamb wasn't on this team, what would Jalen Hurts mantra? Like, would he even be close to sniffing the Heisman? Um, I think so. I, I think you just you would you would just change the way you coach him because I, I think if you if you look at that sec, uh, that second half of Baylor, they figured it out where they're almost kind of telegraphing who he's going to throw it to every time instead of having him read everything. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like in a way that. I don't, I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough one. I think he still probably gets to New York, but I don't think it's. I don't think he's second. I don't, I don't know. I I think CD has really bailed him out in a lot of things in his passing game. Uh, and what's happened to Rambo? How about that? Like Rambo was a huge target for him to be in the year, and I have not heard anything from Rambo recently. You know. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna attribute it to the when we heard about him and then look at the teams that we were playing and then when we haven't heard about him and then look at the teams we're playing. So he's not as he, an exceptional of an athlete as we thought he, he was. When when he really fell out was Texas. That's when he kind of dropped off. So I what I think it was is we we were playing teams that had basically nobody in their secondary that was on our level. So they threw just their only person with a shred of skill on CD. And then Rambo was out there exposing people that realistically probably shouldn't be playing D1 college football in a Power 5 conference. And then when he started playing real people, it, uh, you know, it kind of dropped off. Well, perhaps. That's my theory. I, I mean, that has to factor in a little bit when you look at our opponents. Yeah. Y'all got score predictions for this game? <sighs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll I'll go ahead. I have uh ooh, I got L, I got LSU winning uh 31 to 21. Mm. Ooh. OU covers. I hate to do it, but I think it's a push. 38-24. Mm. I'm going to go um you hate to see it, but uh, 48-21, LSU. Ooh. Yikes. What do you think about that, Bobby Gooner? I'm not a Gooner. Not a Gooner. To with the- <laughs> yes, I mean, you are. Yes, I'm you not are. a Gooner. I can see that I can see that getting out of I can see the game getting out of hand. I just think OU controls the pace enough to keep it close. Bobby I, did pick them in the Capital One Bull Mania pick them. Yeah, I'm not going to pick against OU. Like, what, what the hell? Why would I want that? that? That's what a Gooner does. That is Gooner. Yeah, wait, why would you pick against them in the Bull Mania but not on the podcast? There's nothing on the line on the podcast. Everyone already knows you're a Gooner. I'm not a Gooner. You picked... You picked, you picked I'm trying to have you a picked sh- him in the ball pick him where it matters way more than this. I'm having a shred of journalistic integrity. Half the people that are going to listen to this podcast are currently on the line recording it right now. And you're going to try to front and pick LSU. Okay, fine. To not seem like a goon. What? 
Oh, wait, okay, so I'm getting roasted for making a legitimate pick? Because you did the opposite in the bowl pick of where it matters. So what is it, Bobby? Spit it out, what is it? It's it's gonna be LSU. Probably LSU. I think OU can win, though. But why, when there was money on the line, did you pick OU? I don't know, man. I just didn't want to... Who is eating right now? Sorry, that's me. <laughs> Who do you think it is? It's the gooner. I'm not a gooner. I'm just eating some Smarties, man. <laughs> yep, total gooner. What, what is that gooner move? Gooner, gooner, just go ahead and change your Abby to, like, some, some like, old... Like, a picture of Malcolm Kelly in the locker room rapping, and oh. then start tweeting at recruits. I think you're almost there. <laughs> No, no, that, that's ridiculous. Just, <coughs> just some like really poorly cropped, like edited. Ugh. Wait, time out. Uh, just a quick side note: Who is Joe Burrow sucks in the bowl pick'em? Who is Joe Burrow sucks? Oh, it's Tom. Uh, I don't know, but they, it's they're at a shocking zero percent accuracy. <laughs> yeah, because he, he didn't pick a single game. <laughs> No, they pick games. No, look, they're, it, I, I'm looking at it right now. It has picks. Last time I checked, it was zero for forty-one they didn't, with zero they didn't picks. Pick yeah, oh, it's, the only it's, team I'm beating didn't even do picks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you are literally beating a ghost. <laughs> Greg the Egg is having a rough time. <laughs> is that is that your tie? Yeah, uh, I mean, I got I got kind of screwed over. Like, so it, there's only been. What, like, less than 10 games? So, like, the Kent State upset, I don't know how everyone got that right, because when we talked about it on the pod, we were all pretty sure that Kent State wasn't going to win. Um, you know, <laughs> South Dakota State, that, that just kind of screwed me. Uh, but that was, a like, a Gooner YOLO take. And then SMU, obviously. God. Yeah, S- yeah, SMU was awful. But SMU so. spooked me before, but somehow I, I... I don't think I put enough effort into ranking... Because I looked at it and I saw SMU at 20 points. I go, what? what, what, what? Oh. Yeah, I'm, not I'm good. adjusting my points right now, though. Yes, good, good check. Like, I just threw a ton of stuff. I'm, you know what? Screw it. I'm putting Texas at 41. <laughs> oh, God. You, you, you don't even have to do that. Like, you're not, your back's not even against the wall here like it was last year. Oh, God. Yeah, I'll definitely be switching at the end. But do y'all want a little bit, a little uh, taste of recruit and corner. Yeah, I was about to ask uh, yeah. if, any details. Obviously, um, the obviously the. Did, did we mention Jason McClellan last week? No, I actually didn't because I honestly kind of forgot about it. I knew that it was a chance that he was going to decommit, but I kind of wasn't even thinking about it. But yeah, Jace McClellan, our best recruit in our class, decommitted, um, flipped to Alabama, and I understand why. He had been committed for two and a half years, which really sucks. And uh, it's probably because Kennedy Brooks, chance for turning, Trey Sermon returning, and it's going to be a crowded running back room. You look at Alabama's running back room, and there's wide open. Uh, so that makes sense for him, but it really, really hurts whenever it's a long-standing recruit. We also have Seth McGowan, uh, running back out of Mesquite, Texas, highly rated guy as well, who is committed and signed. But right now, we're only at one running back, and we wanted to sign two or even three. So right now we're looking at a guy right now is the biggest by far guy we want is Corey Wren out of New Orleans. He's a very, very fast, like 10, 4, 100 meter dash time, very quick. Um, and a guy that we don't have on this team. We don't have a burner um, once Hollywood left. 
and would be huge. We tried to kick the tires on Zach Evans, the number one running back in uh, the country. Um, some people don't think he is is that good, but um, still would be a great replacement. He actually delayed signing his letter of intent on early signing day by one day, and he was unsure. But he will announce for the All All American game. But it is he didn't he's not signing with Oklahoma. It's looking like he's going to be signing with Georgia. Yeah, that 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 sucks. But the McClellan thing was really one of the one of those really embarrassing low moments for Gooners. I will say that was they were. We were pretty embarrassing. Not we. Yes. We, as oh. in, we as an OU fan, not we as in Gooners, because I am not a Gooner. <laughs> if I was like tweeting at McClellan and, and his family, I would be, but I'm not. If I was, I would have said that. Okay, I yeah, got you. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> okay, but yeah, uh, that was that was the definitely the biggest story of signing day. The other biggest one was our eyeballs that we got, and that was Josh Eaton. Josh Eaton finally stepped up to the plate, like we talked about in the pod. His he had, his parents and him had given that commitment to um, Lincoln that they were going to sign early, and they realized that if they were truly going to wait to that late signing period, they were going to lose their shot. Lincoln was going to completely leave them. And it was great for both sides. We really needed a cornerback with Dante Manning not signing with us. He's not announced he'll sign at the All-American game, but it's looking like he is signing with Oregon. So that was also very unfortunate. But we signed Josh Eaton. We signed Kendall Dennis. Um, We signed Harrington, the number one safety in JUCO. Who's an absolute speedster, hard hitting, six foot three guy that fits perfectly into Grinch's system, um, and we kind of project him as a nickel. He would be exactly what we want—the absolute prototype opposite of what Buki is. All right, that's that's awesome because I really, I really like the both Eaton and uh, the guy out of I'm trying to remember Dennis yeah, Kendall, Kendall Dennis. Dennis out of Florida. Um, because, you know, they really are kind of those Grinch, pro, uh, prototypical Grinch type of players. So that, mm-hmm. that's- Six foot two, Josh Eaton. Six foot for Kendall Dennis, but he's got some of the best instincts when it comes down to takeaways and getting interceptions in the country. Yeah, definitely. Um, so those were kind of the bigger ones. I think that's pretty much it. I, I, I seem to remember uh, everything going decently chalk on National Signing Day, other than the whole McClellan thing. Um yeah, other than that, it's really kind of smooth sailing till February. We'll be going all in on Alfred Collins, the defensive lineman out of um, Texas. Uh, if you look right now on 247s, all the crystal balls to Texas, but it seems to be that he's leaning towards Oklahoma. Really quiet guy, but he's very highly rated. This defensive line class that we sign, if we sign um, Collins, it would be an absolute one of the best line um, defensive lines uh, classes that we've ever signed. And um, if we don't sign them, it's still going to be great because we got the number one, number two Juco defensive tackles in the nation. And that's going to be great for us moving forward. Perry and Winfrey is going to be special, but Alfred Collins could be a guy. I think his pr- like projection, like his player projection on um, 247, let me pull it up. It's like, so at 247, they do a little... Um, little bio on him and they'll compare him to a guy in the NFL or on college um, depending on how good you are and they compared him to Carlos Dunlap and so that's a, that's a pretty big time comparison that's a huge I love comp that. that's a huge yeah. comp mm-hmm. so this this guy's huge um, that is definitely the guy to keep your eye on if you're really into 
um, keeping up with recruiting, and Corey Wren as well. Corey Wren has one official visit left to take. He's already taken, you can only do five throughout the year, and he's already done four. So Texas just offered him, along with USC, and a lot of teams are kind of scrambling to find another running back at this point. Um, and really, whoever gets that official visit is going to be the favorite for him to sign in February. So if we see him get scheduled that official visit, it's going to be looking good for us. Yeah, that'd be huge. Definitely. Well, is that a, any any more tidbits from the Cruton Corner? or should we... No, there's really not much. I mean, I guess one thing is um, that, you know, that big one, that eyes that we really didn't know about. There's still, we really don't know who it was. Some people think it was Major Burns. Some people think it was Kendall Milton. Some people even think it could have been Zach Evans, that number one running back in the country. But the mystery is still there that we don't know. All we know is that big one eyes never matriculated to become an Oklahoma center. Damn, that's kind of sad. I feel like I've been betrayed by the eyes. I know, I know. <laughs> it's the culture nowadays. Um, you want to commit and you want to tell them that you're coming because there's – absolute no restrictions from that you know and lincoln sending out the eyes creates hype but you can stay silent after that so you can have the best of both worlds where you can still take your visits still go to other teams but at the same time ou has you counted in their class and a spot saved so why not why not do it and that's what a guy like chris Steele did with us last year um he silent committed to us at the spring game and then he took all of his visits, and he decided he didn't want to come to us. And then he transferred a bunch of times after that. It's just a lot of guys that are kind of playing the system to their advantage. And, I mean, why not? It sucks, but I understand why these kids are doing it. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for us, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about us at all. It's yeah. about these kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd much rather have – I'd much I'd much rather have them have the right to go wherever they want than, you know – me be happy about 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 college football so yeah well we've hit the hour mark and i think we did a pretty at least average job of of previewing the peach bowl kind of a depressing episode uh because ou doesn't have a ton of hope in this one i think but i think we have a shot so yeah there is a shot so don't get too far down into it um but there's definitely some weaknesses but Anything's possible with Lincoln Riley. Anything's possible with a ball-controlling offense. That's true. That's true. Um, so, I don't know. Looking forward to it. Never been to Atlanta. That should be a fun time. Uh, I know you're going Jameson. Should be a good time. But, yeah. So, anyways. Ty, anything you want to say before we uh, wrap this thing no, up? No, I didn't, I didn't have any uh, save takes. I don't... <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you're excited to go to Atlanta, but okay. <laughs> I don't, I've, never, I've never been. I've never been. And it's only a 12-hour drive. I mean, that's not bad. I, I'm flying. You guys I'm driving? I'm flying. Oh, I'm driving. I love road trips. I, love I drive road. to Miami. Yeah, I uh, I also did that. It was suboptimal. <laughs> uh, shouts to Grimes. Uh. Shouts to Grimes, as, as usual. Um, anyways... Didn't you guys lock the keys in the car? In my <laughs> no, he he lost the keys, Ooh. and we were locked out of the car and uh, in the parking <laughs> lot. It was an unfortunate situation. I'm not going to drag the kid, but um, yeah. So, anyways, that's the pod. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back next week with 
<laughs> next week with a recap to this game that uh, leads to a preview for a national title. But um, barring the case that, you know, miracles don't exist. Uh, see you next season. <laughs> we'll, see you, we'll see you next week for like a season recap or something. Like the Schooner Wad Award or Pod Awards. The, Sco- the Scoonies. I don't know. Stop. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying. Jameson definitely won't be on the podcast. But. Ugh. Oh, man. Uh, if it's the Scoonies, I won't be here. You, you don't want, you, you, I was going to give you the Scoonie for second best co-host, but, you know, now Ford might have an edge there. Oh, okay. Okay. It was nice talking to y'all. <laughs> All right. We're good. Anyways, right, anyways, that's the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you so much for being on the pod um, all throughout the season and uh, especially the past couple weeks, Jameson. And, you know, Ty, Ty, as always, it's been great having you on. You know, it's this has been a really fun year. Um, and hopefully we can have it continue for another week. But if not, Thank you guys so much for listening this entire season. Uh, it's been a fun second season. Definitely different, but uh, it's always fun putting these, this content out for y'all and uh, means a lot. So we value your continued support uh, through all of it. So anyways, well, for me, Ty, Jameson, this has been the Schooner Pod. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Boomer Sooner, everyone. Beat LSU. <laughs>